What's happening, everybody? On today's show, things continue to get awkward for Alabama basketball as the folks in Tuscaloosa keep making things worse. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we're going to spend this whole first segment talking a little bit about Alabama basketball over the weekend as... The focus on the program, specifically Brandon Miller, continues to make national news. Uh, And this was before the game even started over the weekend. Brandon Miller was criticized for part of his pregame introduction on Saturday in light of his connection to the death of Jamea Harris in Tuscaloosa. During Alabama team introductions before the game, Miller had a teammate do a pat-down when his name was called. Now, it was revealed that uh, Miller has been doing this all season. This was nothing new. In fact, he has a picture of it on his Twitter profile, and Alabama fans were very quick to defend their man over the weekend, saying, oh, we've done this all year. Yeah, we get that. Still not a great look in light of recent revelations that Miller transported the gun that was used in that fatal shooting that, uh, of course, has become widespread across all social media and whatnot. Uh, Miller is being treated as a witness in the case, was not charged, is not a uh, suspect, person of interest, or anything like that, and he has remained eligible for Alabama basketball as they continue to win games. After the Tides win over Arkansas on Saturday, Nate Oates told reporters that Miller will not do the pat-down intro for the rest of the year. According to AL.com, Oates said, he was not previously aware of player introductions. And I'm so busy drawing up plays and stuff. I don't pay attention to what those guys do. Uh, Miller was Alabama's leading scorer with 24 points in their 86-83 win over Arkansas. Oates went on to say, I think our guys are doing a great job just understanding that we're still focused on the task at hand while still understanding how tragic and ser- serious this situation is. I'm going to cite a little bit here from our buddy Glenn Gilbo, who I thought had a very interesting article over the weekend. And he talked about the uh, Brandon Miller intro. And he said, you know, first off, Alabama, you should have gotten ahead of this. Regardless of Miller's extent, uh, the extent of his involvement in the shooting, he said as soon as they knew he was somewhat involved, you bring it up first. Back in January. Suspend him for a game of two for putting himself in a dangerous situation and maybe adding to it, and the story would have dissipated by now. Instead, the Brandon Miller murder weapon delivery story comes out, and it seems like it's going to stick with Alabama for as long as this season goes along. Glenn went on to say, uh, someone forgot to send a memo to maybe slightly alter Miller's pregame introductory ritual on Saturday. Maybe that everyone who works in the Alabama Athletic Department and basketball program forgot to send out that memo. You know, because Miller 
brought the gun used by another man to allegedly kill this female back in January, just off the Alabama campus. And this aired on national television, on ESPN2, during the player introductions. And, of course, people grabbed the video. It spread all over social media. And Glenn went on to say, as of Sunday morning, no one at Alabama had advised Miller to change his Twitter picture. Picture of him, you know, looks like he's being frisked. He said, Alabama, are you there? Does anybody at Alabama know anything about public relations? Look, I'm with Glenn on this. It, this is an ugly situation, and it just feels like Alabama has really not handled it the right way all along. Uh, Glenn went on to say, Alabama still needs to work on their media relations. He said their poor PR as of late did not improve on Saturday. Players were not allowed to be interviewed after the game, likely coming from leadership up above. He said, I can understand not letting Miller be interviewed, but not letting the other players talk about a win for the Tide takes away from that win. He said, look, Alabama's other players should have been available. They gave the old only questions about the game strategy. He said someone asked Oates if he had reached out to the murder victim's family because the reporter works for his media outlet, not for Alabama. People forget that. Guy was just doing his job. Um, look, it's been missteps all the way for Alabama in light of all these recent discoveries. Nate Oates puts out a uh, lackluster statement firsthand and says, ah, oh, look, the kid was wrong place, wrong time, no big deal. And he had to come back and apologize for that, so that sounded insensitive. Uh, it seems like nobody's taking this very seriously in Tuscaloosa. Uh, again, the idea is to be proactive, not reactive. And all along here, it looks like Alabama has been reactive. Oh, the guy does a uh, pregame thing where it looks like he's being padded down. Ah, let's react to that rather than be proactive and stop it beforehand. And look, I know a lot of Alabama fans are going to be upset with this. And you're enjoying the run. Alabama's the top two team in college basketball. You've had your great runs of football. Basketball's finally on that same level. You got a great one-and-done prospect like Brandon Miller. I get it. You don't want to take anything away from that. You want to ride this wave. Let's go win a championship, baby. But sometimes real life intervenes. And, and then sometimes you just have to do things for optics. And continue to let Brandon Miller play in light of the details coming out that, yes, he did deliver the gun. Didn't know it was going to be used to kill somebody. Okay, we can debate that. But the facts are the facts. And now here we are. Brandon Miller continue to play. Alabama, just a couple of regular season games left. You're running out of real estate. You can't suspend him. You know, you're going to suspend him the last couple of games of the regular season. Suspend him in the SEC tournament. And I don't even know if doing a, if suspending him now is the right thing. Again, in hindsight, back in January, when the first details you found out, he was part of uh, delivering this gun. You should have said, look, we're going to sit him out a couple games. Maybe sit out Bradley a game or two. We don't know how much you guys were involved. Just going to wait till we get all the details. Uh, you know, or we'll let the details kind of sift, sift itself out. We'll sit you guys out. Um, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look for Alabama overall. And, and Joseph Goodman uh, at AL.com said, Alabama basketball is turning into the biggest villain in college sports today because of the decision to play Miller. And it doesn't help that Nate Oates has been a little bit cocky in, in this run and a little bit arrogant. You go back to last year where... You know, there was a controversial call late in the, the game against Houston, and he stood there looking for Kelvin Sampson to shake his hand, was kind of a jerk about it. All these little things with Nate Oates that I start to look back on and go, it's kind of a jerk. And 
look, the rest of the SEC is not on Alabama's side here. There are 13 other schools, soon to be 15 other schools, all pointing the finger at Alabama going, yeah, you guys messed up here. And as Goodman goes on to say, if suspending Miller would have been an admission of guilt by Alabama, then making him stop his pregame pat-downs is evidence of somewhat of a guilty conscience. Look, everybody's going to be rooting against Alabama. And if you're a Tide fan, maybe all you do is just embrace your team and say, hey, look, hell with everybody else. We're going to try to ride this wave and uh, try to go win a title. Let's try to get to a Final Four. But I put it up on our social media at Locked on SEC. I said, what do you all think? Was the pat-down pregame inappropriate or okay because they've done it all year? And some of the responses we got, there were some Alabama fans saying, Look, it's what they've done all year. No big deal. And then other folks saying, pretty tone deaf on their part. Inappropriate. Coach should also be held accountable. Our buddy Jimmy Stein added, it should have been addressed, stopped, and they've been doing this all season. So context, was it dumb to continue? Unquestionably. Uh, Let's just hope Alabama does better. And, And I don't know what the right thing to do is at this point. But, uh, man, it's, uh, again, Alabama basketball's turned themselves into a villain. They sit there 25-4 and four overall, the number two team in the country, 15-1 and one now in the conference with just a couple of games left. And uh, it's a nice win over Arkansas, 86-83. You know, the actual basketball on the court, Brandon Miller's been an outstanding player, and he's played very well. But, man, um, don't envy the folks in uh, Tuscaloosa right now. It's not a uh, – not an easy situation by any means with a lot of the national negativity coming their way. And again, maybe rightfully justified. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to some football notes. That's coming your way in just a second. But I want to remind you guys, our, uh, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to go try a Built Bar. We uh, are now into the well into the new year, and that means a lot of you are trying to develop some healthier eating habits and Built Bars can help you do that. They are so good. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like the churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and uh, they pack uh, all those flavors packed in there, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Go check them out at Built.com right now. You can try some of their delicious flavors. You can also find them at your nearest Walmart or if you're close to a Sam's Club. Run in there, grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, the brownie batter and the churro, and you can thank us later. Head on over to Built.com right now. See what Built Bar's got brewing. Always new flavors in the works there. Check them out, Built.com. Along here, locked on SEC, and uh, we do have some football nuggets to get into, so we're going to jump back into it and going around the conference. And as we dive back in, we start over at Alabama on the football side of things, as Alabama reportedly expected to hire Liberty linebacker coach Robert Bala as their inside linebackers coach. That's coming from Chris Lowe. Bala coached at Southern Utah as defensive coordinator before taking on a defensive analyst role at Liberty last year. Was promoted to linebackers coach there for the Flames. He's been coaching college football at various levels since 2009. Spent one year with the Oakland Raiders back in 2014. And sounds like he'll be taking over that vacant uh, inside linebacker coach spot that Austin, Austin Armstrong had accepted and was on the job very briefly before accepting the co-DC job 
over at Florida under Billy Napier. So uh, we'll see what kind of coach he is for Alabama coaching up the linebackers. But I know some folks in Tuscaloosa are very upset that uh, Austin Armstrong not going to stick around because they were uh, excited to see what he could do there. Meanwhile, over at Mizzou, some, uh, well, potentially bad news for Eli Drinkwitz and company as quarterback Sam Horn had a concerning exit over the weekend. Before his uh, first spring football practice at Mizzou, Horn is pitching for the Tiger baseball team. And on Saturday, he was observed pointing at his elbow when he left the game versus FIU. Baseball coach uh, Steve Beiser acknowledged uh, Horn appeared to be dealing with discomfort, said he didn't have any further details. He said, look, obviously he felt something. We got to get him checked out right now. I don't really have anything to say. We really don't know. You saw the look on his face that he had to be uh, precautious and get him out of the way at that moment. Horn threw one and a third innings versus FIU before coming out with some arm discomfort. Horn was a four-star football recruit in last year's class. Made just one appearance last season as he redshirted. But the Tigers do not have their starting quarterback, Brady Cook, all this spring as he underwent labrum surgery. Uh, they did add through the transfer portal this offseason in adding Miami quarterback Jake Garcia. So if Horn is banged up or injured at all, it's going to be a really thin quarterback room there for Mizzou throughout the spring. And uh, all eyes will be on Jake Garcia to see what he could do uh, if uh, Sam Horn is not able to go. But we'll keep an eye on that and see where he is with that arm injury. Over at LSU, Michael Doherty, uh, his brief time at LSU coming to an end already. The 2023 freshman signee took to social media on Saturday announcing he is withdrawn from LSU and will enter the transfer portal. He's out of the state of Georgia, signed with the Tigers during the early enrollment and uh, enrolled at school for the uh, spring semester. He'll use his one-time transfer waiver to go join a new team. He was listed at six foot, 171 pounds. I was a three-star, the number 52 safety overall in this class. So, man, a month, month and a half in the classes. Are you deciding LSU's not for him? We'll see where Michael Doherty ends up. Meanwhile, over at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee and Vandy football fans, they can now set a date. For the annual Black and Gold Spring Game, it will be April 8th at 5 p.m. Central, uh, 6 Eastern. The Vanderbilt squad that uh, kind of turned some heads in upsetting Kentucky and Florida on the backstretch of the season. Finished 5-7. and seven. Was a three-game improvement from going 2-10 and ten the year prior. And uh, some newcomers have joined the team since last season wrapped up. They got three early enrollees, running back Cedric Alexander, linebacker Ethan Crisp, and linebacker Jalen Ruth all in this signing class. They also added a Stanford transfer in Aeneas DeCosmo. So some interesting pieces with Vanderbilt. We'll see what they look like coming up on April 8th in their spring game. And one more uh, football note as we look to the NFL draft coming up. And Bryce Young expected to go top five in this year's draft. A lot of people have, have him as the best quarterback. But Mel Kuyper Jr., Coming out this week saying he has some worries about the former Alabama quarterback. Kuyper said he's concerned about young size at just six foot tall, 194 pounds. He said holding up physically is the key concern. You saw him injured this past year at Alabama, only started two years, 
backed up Mac Jones. The NFL is a different entity. Uh, quarterbacks go down. Schefter covers it every week. Injuries to somebody. They're bigger, stronger, more physically imposing than Bryce Young. Holding up definitely. I put the bar at 195. 195 or higher for me. He's quarterback one. Less than 195. He's QB two. So, no Kuiper letting Bryce Young know, hey, go put on a little muscle. Go put on a little extra weight there. Uh, see what the scouts have to say. But Bryce Young still expected to go top five in this year's draft. All right, coming up next, we got a few more nuggets we're going to hit from the basketball world as well as baseball. That is coming your way in just a second right here on Locked On SEC. Right along here, locked on SEC, and a few more nuggets to get into here as we uh, still have to recap some of the basketball action from over the weekend, as well as some baseball news. And we start here as Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello was suspended over the weekend for the Vol series against Dayton. The program announced that decision on Friday. The suspension related to an NCAA violation within the Tennessee baseball program. Josh Elander uh, served as the acting head coach. For the series, the school announced uh, the university and Coach Vitello working collaboratively with the NCAA to address a violation. The program, Coach Vitello, will be suspended for the weekend series. He's acknowledged his mistake and accepted full responsibility. We appreciate his cooperation in the process. NCAA bylaws prohibit additional comment or details. Tennessee didn't confirm the specifics of the violation, but the Vols are dealing with an eligibility issue regarding star transfer Maui Ahuna. Uh, he's not been eligible to play so far this season after transferring from Kansas. Previously, the Vols self-reported the violation that took place during his recruitment. Uh, so, expect Vitello back this week. Uh, he did also serve a suspension last season, if you remember, for bumping an umpire during a game. So, got to be transparent. Have some kind of violation. Got to let the NCAA know or things get worse. And uh, they're trying to be proactive here with Vitello sitting out this past weekend series. Now, over in the basketball court, uh, Ole Miss basketball announced late Friday that uh, they have parted ways with their head coach, Kermit Davis, firing him during his fifth season with the school. Program won 20 games, made it to the NCAA tournament in Kermit da- Davis's first season. But Ole Miss has just one sin- winning season since then and a losing record across the past two seasons. So they are turning their sights to who their next head coach will be. According to Jeff Goodman with Stadium, Ole Miss likely going to consider former Texas head coach Chris Beard and former LSU head coach Will Wade, both of which carry a little baggage. Dusty May is another candidate after going 91-59 and in five seasons at FAU. Uh, Beard was... Uh, involved in a domestic violence case that was dismissed by the district attorney there in Austin. So he is presumably cleared there. And Will Wade committed uh, multiple level one violations during his time at LSU. But, of course, NIL is legal now. So paying big bad Will Wade who paid athletes, eh, he can do that legally now. So uh, we'll see. Will Wade or Chris Beard could be in Oxford next year coaching the almost Rebels. But Kermit Davis... Once promising start to his SEC career, 
did not uh, go well down the stretch. So best of luck to him wherever he ends up. Well, Tennessee basketball, they handled their business on Saturday as, uh, man, it was chaos in the top 25 on Saturday. But Josiah Jordan-James came back after a four-game absence, scored 18 points as the Vols blew out South Carolina for an 85-45 win at Thompson Bowling Arena. It was the 12th time this season Tennessee held an opponent under 50 points. And it was the second time this season Tennessee beat South Carolina by 40 Rick Barnes' squad also beat South Carolina 85-42 back in January. So in doing so, Tennessee becomes the first SEC team since 1954 to beat a conference opponent by 40-plus points multiple times. Other scores coming out from Saturday. Uh, Texas A&M finally got into the top 25, and they let it slip away. They lost at Mississippi State 69-62. So A&M drops to 28-1-8 overall, 13-3 in the SEC this season. Still very impressive for Buzz Williams' group, who I don't know how many people had them having this type of great season in the SEC. Mizzou got a nice win over Georgia on the road, 85-63. to They improved to 21-8 overall, 9-7 in the conference. Kentucky continues to rack up some good wins here in recent weeks as they beat the doors off of Auburn, 86-54. to Oscar Shibway had 22 points. And 17 rebounds in Kentucky. Now 20 and nine overall, 11 and five in the conference, and still some work to do, I think. But uh, Kentucky's starting to turn that corner and uh, should punch their ticket. Uh, meanwhile, Auburn, what is going on with them in the past couple weeks? A team that was once six and two in the conference, now nine and seven. Things have not gone well for. Uh, Butch's crew here in recent weeks, but uh, they finish at Bama this Wednesday and then home for Tennessee on Saturday. I'm just telling you this, if Auburn loses these last two, I don't think they're in the tournament. I mean, you talk about a team that has lost six, uh, it's five, six, seven, seven of their last nine or seven of their last ten. Not a, uh, not a great run you've been on. And you had two more losses to that mix. Finish on a three-game losing streak, and then maybe go one and done in the SEC tournament. Yeah, I would. I would say Auburn would be out at that point, despite the 19 and 10 record overall. Uh, Vandy got a win over Florida, 88 to 72. They're at nine and seven in the conference, so still trying to keep their hopes alive. And uh, Ole Miss beat up on LSU, 82 to 69. That was the latest going on there in the basketball world. And that's your latest hoops update. And that is the latest of what's going on around the SEC. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Here from some big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.